Israel releases new details after three hostages taken by Hamas were mistakenly killed by Israeli troops. And a driver crashes into President Biden's motorcade outside his campaign headquarters. The Morning Rundown starts now. From the Straight Arrow News studio, bringing the stories that matter to you from across the United States and around the world, this is The Morning Rundown. Today is Monday, December 18th. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kara Rucker. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has arrived in Israel this morning, his second visit since the war began, looking to emphasize the Biden administration's stance of supporting Israel's fight against Hamas, while also raising concerns to Israeli officials over civilian casualties in Gaza. Austin's visit comes as Israel revealed more information overnight about the three hostages taken by Hamas who were mistakenly killed by Israeli troops on Friday in the Gaza City area. The Israel Defense Forces said the three men, all identified as Israelis, had emerged from a building shirtless in an effort to show they were not carrying explosives and waving makeshift white flags. In an update, the military said the hostages trying to use leftover food to create signs calling for help. The hostages were mistakenly seen as a threat, Israel said, and soldiers opened fire, killing two immediately. Officials said the third ran back into a building screaming in Hebrew, and though the Israeli commander ordered soldiers to stop firing, more shots were fired, killing the third man as well. The IDF said the shooting occurred during a period of intense combat with a lot of ambushes where Hamas militants were dressed in civilian clothes. Israel said the shooting violated the military's rule of engagement, prohibiting opening fire on those who surrender. They say troops must follow those rules, including for Palestinians. The hostages' deaths have sparked new calls for a truce, with hundreds of protesters taking to the streets in Tel Aviv and Germany and Britain now backing a sustainable ceasefire. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said the deaths broke the whole nation's heart, but has vowed to continue to fight to eliminate Hamas and to bring all hostages home. For the first time in five months, North Korea tested an intercontinental ballistic missile. This comes as the North has condemned efforts by the U.S. and South Korea to boost nuclear deterrence. According to Japan, the missile has a range of up to 9,300 miles, meaning it could reach Japan or the United States. The South Korean military said the missile flew more than 600 miles before landing in the ocean between Japan and the Korean Peninsula. According to reports, the test is the fifth of its kind this year. The U.S., South Korea and Japan have all condemned the launch. One day before the ballistic missile launch, North Korea launched a short-range missile designed to strike South Korea as tensions with the North remain high. U.S. border officials have closed two rail bridges along the U.S.-Mexico border following a surge of migrants being smuggled into America. Border officials say starting today, it is temporarily suspending all operations at rail crossings in Eagle Pass and El Paso, Texas, to redirect resources elsewhere in its latest move to respond to a flood of migrants trying to get into the U.S. Border officials saying in a statement, 
After observing a recent resurgence of smuggling organizations moving migrants through Mexico via freight trains, CBP is taking additional actions to surge personnel and address this concerning development, including in partnership with Mexican authorities. CBP has also recently closed the port of entry in Lukeville, Arizona, a pedestrian crossing in San Diego, and has suspended vehicle processing in Eagle Pass, Texas. On Friday, Arizona's Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs sent National Guard troops to the border, calling out the federal government and President Joe Biden, saying that closing the Lukeville port of entry has led to, quote, an unmitigated humanitarian crisis. President Biden and the First Lady were unharmed after a driver crashed into an SUV in the president's motorcade Sunday night outside his campaign headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware. Video shows the president answering reporters' questions just after 8 p.m. when a loud collision is heard. President Biden was rushed into his vehicle, where the First Lady was already inside. The motorcade then left the scene. U.S. Secret Service says the driver of a sedan unintentionally struck a parked SUV that was providing security for the president's route. The incident occurred just after the president and First Lady had left his campaign headquarters following a holiday event with staffers. Former South Carolina governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley has gained some support in one early voting state as former President Donald Trump remains dominant in another, according to a CBS News poll released Sunday. With five weeks to go until the New Hampshire primary, Haley is consolidating much of the non-Trump vote in the state, with 29% of likely GOP primary voters saying they would vote for her, while 44% say they'd back Trump. Just last week, Haley secured the endorsement from New Hampshire's Republican governor, Chris Sununu, who spoke about his choice in an interview with ABC News that aired on Sunday. No one in, no one in New Hampshire is going to vote for Nikki Haley just because the governor says so, right? You earn it. Uh, I think we've been pretty successful in knowing how to earn it, how to engage with constituencies, what's important, to, that not just what the voters want to hear, but how they want to ask the questions. And most importantly, how they're going to earn the trust with, with folks. We can all agree on a lot of policies. We want to know that as individuals, we come first, and that's exactly what Nikki's bringing to the table. And with just four weeks to go until the Iowa caucuses, the CBS News poll found Trump maintains an overwhelming lead with 58% of likely caucus goers saying they'd support the former president. In this state, Haley sits at third behind Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Finally this morning, white-collar workers who are used to getting a holiday gift of a year-end bonus may be saying bah humbug this year. According to a Wall Street Journal report, fewer companies are giving out bonuses. A survey of more than 200 small to mid-size and large companies found that 34% wouldn't give bonuses this year, and that's up from 27% last year, the highest number since 2019. Companies like Meta, Microsoft, and Walgreens have informed workers that bonuses will likely be canceled or at least reduced. But it's not all bad news. Recruiting firm Robert Half says, based on their research, those working in law, accounting, and marketing are still likely to receive their bonuses, ending their year on a high note.
These are your top stories for this Monday. Be sure to subscribe to the Morning Rundown newsletter to get the top stories each weekday morning. Just go to san.com rundown to sign up. Unbiased, straight facts, that's straight arrow news. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, I'm Kara Rucker. Have a great day.